0: Good to see you. Let's move back a little bit. Um, We are starting our wholeness series and we're going to kick off with a bit of a video from Stuart Bell and then we're going to get into week one of our wholeness series. Um, thank you, Owen, for your intro. I was just joking with Owen that I think it's going to look like every time I'm preaching, I'm going to get Owen to introduce me because that's what's happened the last time because he does a really lovely job. Thank you so much. Um, but that's not how it worked out. So we're going to watch the video quickly and then we're going to get straight into our teaching and we're looking at week, week ones, looking at an overview of this idea of wholeness. So let's watch the screen.
1: Hello, everyone. After beginning 2020 with our vision and values, it is really important that we are a healthy church. Our new series, Wholeness, is designed to help us all reach our full potential and be productive in our lives. Well-being, of course, is a popular concept today as our world becomes increasingly complex and our lives busy. I recently read this headline in a daily paper, Prince's project to get fans chatting before games to boost their well-being. Prince William has suggested delaying kickoff times for football matches by one minute to encourage conversations. This is to tackle mental health issues. And certainly talking to one another is very important. In the same newspaper, an advert read, lose weight and live well there is a growing interest in good eating and regular exercise. We here at Alive believe that the Bible is a source of health and well-being and is filled with advice on wise living. The Bible teaches a holistic approach and in this series we will look at the unity between physical, emotional and relational health. In his ministry, Jesus didn't just deal with people's physical sickness, but addressed the spiritual issues also. He would say, for instance, your sins are forgiven. And he would say, be made whole. At 3 John verse two says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I really believe this series will be a help and a real encouragement to all of us. Remember, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have a great, great day.
0: Fantastic. So I feel really quite excited about this series. I think that's a buzzword in church, isn't it? Everyone says they're excited about something. If you're not excited about something, do you even belong to a live church? Everyone's excited about something. But I think there's something genuinely brilliant about doing a series on wholeness. We've pushed for this behind the scenes for a while because we just really believe in the importance of looking at the body, at the soul and the spirit. And the culture, ha- culture has so much to say about wholeness, wellness, all that. That kind of stuff that I think sometimes church has been a bit silent. But we've got the most important thing to speak into the wellness industry, the wholeness industry, the fitness industry. We've got the most important stuff to say and it comes from the Word of God. So we're going to, over the next six weeks, we're going to go through this series. This is a bit of an introduction this week. Next week, Ben's bringing a word on the wholeness mindset You know, if we can't get our mind right about this kind of stuff, we cannot really get into gear to fully embrace what wholeness is. I wrestle with my mind all the time. My mind feels like a minefield sometimes. But when I bring my mind under the word and under the teaching of God, when I submit my thinking to his word, things begin to make sense in my chaotic head again. We must have our mindset right. We hear in Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. If we want to be transformed... If you want to be more whole, if you want to step into greater wholeness, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, all of the stuff that we're looking at, it must start with our mindset. We must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then that verse goes on to say, and then we can test the perfect and pleasing will of God. So if we want to know God's will for our life, if we want to know God's will for our wholeness, it starts with the renewing of our mind. And again, I feel like culture's hijacked all this stuff around our mind, our thinking, and all that kind of stuff. And I love, I've, whenever I get up here, if, whenever I get the opportunity, I love to talk about neuroscience and how the brain works. I love that science is finally catching up with scripture. It's finally catching up. We think that we're making all these brilliant... And these brilliant realizations in the scientific world. But scriptures told us all along that our brain is neuroplastic, that we can change it, that, can we, that we can rewire it. Scriptures told us all along that we can take our thoughts captive. This became like this really big new thing in the 1970s with brain science, that we could actually stand outside of our own thinking and begin to think about what we're thinking about. Well, somebody wrote about that thousands of years ago. So the science is finally catching up with Scripture, and I love the intersection between the two. So we're going to be looking at that um, across the wholeness series. So we're looking at wholeness mindset. We're looking at physical wholeness, spiritual wholeness, emotional wholeness, and relational wholeness. So when whether... When we're talking about relational wholeness, we're not just talking about to people who are married, we're talking about people who are single and ready to mingle, or people who are single and celibate and decide that they're going to stay that way. We're talking about relational wholeness for everybody. It's important for everybody, whatever stage or um, area of life we're living in. Um, And mostly we've been looking at the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, this has been born out of, which just gives us this biblical understanding of body, soul, soul. In spirit, it says this May God Himself, the God of peace, isn't it good? God's a God of peace. He's a God of peace. If you're feeling like you're wrestling with things this morning, if you can't quite find your peace, just know He's a God of peace. We're going to unpack this idea of peace and shalom and how that links to wholeness. But may God, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. I love this tripartite idea body, soul, spirit, father, son, holy spirit. There just seems to be a bit of a link there which we could unpack, but we're not going to. Um, so, we're looking at the journey to wholeness this morning and this idea of wholeness. I really think if people want to find people that are whole and healthy in their body, in their soul, and the spirit, the church should be the place that they look shouldn't be the gym necessarily, it shouldn't be any other sphere of society, it should be the body of Christ and the reason why we've called it a journey is because we are all on different parts of this journey. I don't know about you but in some of these elements I take three steps forward, two steps back. It's kind of like a bit of a journey, I sometimes feel like I'm making a bit of a headway, getting some wholeness in this area of my life but then you know, a few steps back. So, we're talking about the idea of a journey. So, we're all on different parts of this journey. But what we do know is that God has a great plan for our increased well being, for our increased wholeness. We can read scripture and we can deduce from scripture from beginning to the end, from the garden to the city, Genesis to Revelation, and everything in between. That God has a plan for your, for mine, for our increased well-being. God has a plan for greater wholeness in our life, in all these areas, in our mindset, in our emotions, in our relations, relationships, <clears throat> spiritually. God has a great plan for our increased well-being, body, soul and spirit. And you'll find the, the word wholeness in the Bible in different places you might not find wellness in there particularly but it is a biblical concept and it can be summed up in this word shalom which we're going to unpack a little bit later don't know if we've got any messianic jews in the house but i love the way that in the jewish community they greet each other shalom they say hello and goodbye it's a bit like ciao in italian ciao come stai Hello to our Italian people over there. Love you. Love having a bit of Italians in the house. It brings a bit of spice to it, I think. Um, but yeah, that's how Jews would greet themselves. Does anybody, who is of the era of the kind of blue and grey come and praise hymn books that we used to read at school? Is anyone of that era? You would have had to have been born in the 80s probably. Late 70s, early 80s. Who remembers that song? Shalom, my friend. May peace be with you through all my days. In all that you do, may peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom. And actually, that's a really nice little thing that I remember singing in year five. But it's deeply biblical. And it's something beautifully prophetic about our wholeness as we prophesy it over one another. In fact, that's what part of what the Jewish culture is. They're prophesying it over one another. They're declaring everything will be well with you in the way that they greet each other. So I'd love to see a few more shaloms. Maybe we could say Dan's always up for turn around and high five the person next to you. Mine might be greet someone with shalom, We could do that, turn around and greet someone with the greeting shalom. But I saw this brilliant thing on social media, it said this, and it was great, it was a little phrase and it said, do more of what makes you happy, but they'd scratched out the happy and underneath they'd put holy. You know, because society's always telling us, yeah, if it feels good, do it, if it feels good, do it, do more of what makes you happy. But God's word leads us to do more of what makes you holy. This idea of wholeness and shalom is about holiness. We read in 1 Peter, don't we? Be holy because I am holy. God calls us to wholeness, but not just wholeness so we look good and we feel good because we're doing more of what makes us happy, but wholeness and holiness so we can reflect his likeness. God is holy. You know, as we gather here today in our service, there are angels gathered around the throne of God declaring holy, Holy, holy. As we get an idea of God's holiness and his wholeness, we get a right understanding of the fear of God. God doesn't want us to be scared of him. He's a good, good father. But there's something about having a right revelation that we're not just doing more of what makes us happy, high-fiving, though there's nothing wrong with high-fiving, you know, merrily going along, doing what makes us happy. That we're called to be holy people. Be holy because I am holy and to understand the holiness of God. Okay. So let's have a little look at some definitions. Sorry, I'm just going to get a quick drink. Had Vita for breakfast. It's probably not a good idea, is it? There we go. So on my journey to wholeness, we've been doing this Daniel first, haven't we? And um, it's all right. It's okay. It's, it's good. We've, um, but I, the thing is with doing the Daniel first, I find ways to cheat. So I found that if you have Rye, beta, rye vita with some peanut butter and some sweet freedom chocolate spread, which is made of fruit, it's like a Snickers bar. So I've been going, oh yeah, I'm doing the Daniel first, but like loading up on Rivita, like homemade Snickers. So it's no good for me. I just cheat my way out of it. So this is why I'm really interested in doing the wholeness course. That's it. That, well, Owen, actually, I heard Owen said it's a Daniel feast, not a Daniel first. And that gave me permission that I just didn't need. <laughs> so I was like, "Yes, yeah, a feast, not a first, as I spread on my peanut butter. Anyway, we're all on a journey, aren't we? Okay, so the Word of God gives us a comprehensive view of every area of our well-being. So I'd just love to look at the dictionary definition of wholeness. It's a state, and, and as I read this, think, can I identify with this? Is this my experience right now? The state of being comfortable, healthy, and happy. And then Psychology Today writes this. Wholeness is the experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. It includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, and a sense of meaning or purpose. It's more generally, well-being is just feeling well. Well, they're good concepts, but again, I want to grab them back from the world and say, actually, wholeness is, is about Right relationship with God, right relationship with ourselves, and right relationship with other people. And we'll unpack that in the week when we look at relational wholeness. But we, Jesus says that, doesn't he? What's the most important command, someone asked Jesus? He goes right back to Deuteronomy and says, is this, love God, love other, others, and love yourself. We can't do that if we're not whole. So let's not let the world hijack this idea of wholeness. Let's claim it back for ourselves. And as I said, the body of Christ should be the healthiest and most whole gathering of people anywhere. Okay, so we've got three points that we're going to go through, and I would encourage you, if you're not in a Connect group, we'd love to get you into a Connect group. You can dip into it for just this series. If you're thinking, can't commit to a Connect group, life's too hectic, life's too busy, I just urge you to try and get connected just for this series. We've got some brilliant stuff. We've been busy interviewing Roger Bretherton. He's a clinical psychologist. He's the head of psychology at Lincoln University. He's the head of the Bristol British Associations of Christians in Psychology. He's the head of that. And we've got, he's going to come and be doing some teaching on this. And he's unpacking that a bit more in the Connect groups. So we've been speaking to a, n- a member of a live church who has taken such a great journey on their physical wholeness. They've just lost seven stone. They've lost seven stone, and they're looking at this intersection of how their physical wholeness has affected their mental wholeness and their emotional wholeness and their relational wholeness because they can't be separated, can they? You cannot just be whole in one of those areas. You've got to look at wholeness in all of these areas. So I'd urge you, go and chat at the Connect desk afterwards and say, I'd love to get into a Connect group. These are the nights that I can do, and we will plug you into a Connect group in your area on a night that you can do just for these six weeks. And my thinking is, often when people do that, then they tend to stay, because they tend to love it. Um, But yeah, we can unpack it more in Connect groups. But this week, we're looking at three points in particular. The first one is this, follow the best instructions when we're looking at our own journey to wholeness. And like I said, it's a journey. We're all at different places. Sometimes it's a few steps forward, sometimes it's a few steps back, but it's covered in the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. So point one is follow the best directions. When it comes to our journey of increased well-being, it's critical that we find and follow the best possible directions. Now, the good news is that there is more resources available to us on the subject of well-being and wholeness than ever before. There's around 120 million YouTube videos on wholeness uh, there's loads of books, massive bestsellers. There's Instagram influencers that you can follow. There's so many people who are talking about wholeness. Now, that's the good news, but that's also the bad news. That's also the bad news is that there is so much information, more than possibly there ever has been for us on the idea of wholeness. And we can end up thinking, even when you just, I don't know about you, even when you just think, okay, right, I'm going to start eating healthy. What, what, what healthy eating plan shall I take? About, there's about such a huge choice. That sometimes we can feel so overwhelmed that we just stay static and we're not quite sure about our next step forward who can we trust which sources do we go to but let me say again in fact can i just be really honest i forgot my bible today so this is a common book of prayer i'm holding but i think whenever you preach you should have a bible so i am going to do a bit of this um, but it isn't actually a bible but it does contain the word of god i like to be honest with you i really do okay so <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Word of God will give us a comprehensive view of every area of well-being in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. And I'll read that verse for you again, 1 Thessalonians five twenty-three. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This tells us God is concerned with all those areas. He's concerned with the body. He's concerned with the soul. He's concerned with the spirit. Often we make it so spiritual that he's just concerned with the spirit. But he created the body. He created it. And I'd love to just maybe unpack just a little bit. I often find when people are talking that they talk as if the soul and the spirit are interchangeable. They're not. They're, they're, different. they're different things. The Greek for soul is psyche. Psyche. Um, has to do with our cognitive processes. So that's where we get the, words, the root word psychology, psychosis, psychotic. They all come from this idea of the word psyche. That's for the soul. When we're talking about the body, we're talking about our fleshly body. When we're talking about the soul, we're talking about our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our, that can all be wrapped up in the idea of our psyche. It's our cognitive processes. If we need wholeness in our soul, that's saying we need wholeness in our emotions, in our mind, in our thoughts, the way we're thinking. Then this idea of the spirit, spirit of course comes from the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, which is to do with our innermost being. It's our instinctive God-like process. In fact, it's the bit that when we said yes to Jesus, that's the bit that came alive. Our body was alive, our soul was alive, our spirit was dead. So Jesus needed to do something to bring our spirit back to life. So when we say yes to Jesus, bang, that's when your spirit comes to life. That's when what God's breath in us gets activated. Everybody's got one. Some people are the walking dead. I was the walking dead for 23 years. I was the walking dead. But then, bang, I say yes to Jesus and my spirit comes alive. And it means that I don't need to be dominated by my soul anymore. And I need to remind myself of this. And we all need to remind ourselves of this. We don't get dominated by our soul, by our thinking, by our emotions. It's our spirit that takes the lead. Because it's our spirit that connects with God's spirit. So our spirit becomes alive. That's what separates us. Our spirit is God's own breath within us. God, breathe your life into my spirit. Well, you're unlikely to find the word well-being in the English translations of the Bible. I mentioned that earlier. There is a hugely important word, and it's the word shalom. And if you were going to translate it in one word, it would be peace. You'd, You'd say peace. You greet people with peace. You even see that in Anglican churches, don't you? You pass the peace to one another. But it's so much more than this. This concept of shalom is probably, I think, one of the richest words within Scripture. When we begin to look at what it really means. It speaks of peace, but it speaks of more, of harmony, wholeness, completeness. So when you know God's got a plan and God has got a plan for your shalom, but not only that, God is shalom. God is peace. It's wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. And like I said, it can be used idiomatically within the Jewish culture to greet one another. But it's one of the key words and images for salvation in the Bible. And the Hebrew word refers most commonly um, to a person being uninjured, safe, whole, and sound. Now, if I was going to pray one prayer over my kids, that's what it would be. Shalom, that they would be uninjured, they'd be safe, they'd be whole, and that they would be sound. And in the New Testament, shalom is then revealed in this reconciliation of all things through God so all things to God through the work of Christ. We read it in Colossians 1.19. It says this, God was pleased through Christ to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace, by making shalom through Christ's bloodshed on the cross. So we begin to see this idea of shalom as active. It's active through the work of Jesus Christ. It's reconciling us and God. Shalom experienced is multi dimensional; it means complete well being physical psychological, social spiritual, and it flows from all of one 's relationships being put right with god with oneself and with other people if there 's any en- enmity enmity between you. And God, you and yourself, you and your people, you're not living in shalom. God's idea for you is shalom. Shalom is God's plans for individuals, for communities. I love that God's got a plan of shalom for here in the south of the city. He's got a plan of shalom, of great reconciliation. It's his plan for individuals, communities, and nations. Shalom, think complete peace and wholeness in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. And what the Bible does, like a great map—if you think the first point was follow the best directions—what the Bible does, like a great map, is reveal from beginning to end that God had a, has a plan for yours and my well-being. And throughout His Word, He gives signposts along the way as to how we can experience greater well-being. Now, in my notes, I've just put in my notes I've just put a little asterisk. And it says this, Reader's Digest Family Medical. Now, it reminded me of a story when I was younger. My mum got a big um, version. Does anybody remember it? The Reader's Digest Family Medical. And even as an eight-year-old, I would sit looking through these things, diagnosing myself. Anyone else? I would do it. I'd, as soon as I'd feel something, oh, gosh, look in the family medical. From a very, very young age, and I've been doing some work on my own own wholeness recently, And God has been reminding me of this and said often what we go through isn't just for ourselves. You know, it's for the benefit of other people. We're in community with one another. And I wanted to take an opportunity to pray for people who feel paralyzed by this idea of health anxiety. Now, I have to really keep shalom in my mind. Dan helps me by going, Joe, you're ridiculous. (laughs) That helps. (laughs) Don't be so ridiculous. You haven't got this. You haven't got that. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, I probably haven't. But honestly, this stuff can really take root for me. And I thought, if that's the case for me, it might be the case for other people as well, where there might have been a history where we, we, we Google. We've got Google now, which is even worse, isn't it? It's worse than the Reader's Digest Family Medical. But I have to really get shalom thinking into my mind in this area. And so I would love to pray. I'm going to finish in five minutes and invite the band up because I'd love to pray for those of us who feel paralyzed by this. This is a very real thing. It is the stealing of your shalom as you begin to ruminate on these things. Now, God did not make our mind for rumination. He made our mind for meditation. Our mind is to meditate on the Word of God. When we begin to ruminate on the Reader's Digest or on the Google or on this or the other, then it begins to have an Effect on our body, on our soul, and our spirit, and it steals our shalom. And that is not God's plan for us. And I feel quite ugh, like I want to put a stake in the ground or give the enemy a jab with that this morning and say for anybody, and I'm actually going to answer my own appeal for prayer this morning, and I'm going to go forward there. For anybody who thinks I cannot, that shalom in this area is being stolen from me. We'd love to pray for you. For those of you who feel like you're not experiencing shalom in any of these areas, in body and soul and spirit spirit. spirit, please let us pray for you. We want to pray and we want to declare shalom and God's plan over your life to come into fruition. So the first one is to seek the best directions. That's in the word of God. Secondly, to seek expertise. Our journey toward wholeness and well-being starts and ends with the creator. It must do. It must do. Rick Warren writes something in his book, Purpose Driven Life, doesn't he, about um, the best instructions for life. If we want to know how we work, we've got to go to the one who created us, who wrote the instructions in the first place. When we embark on a journey, there's nothing like having a person who's an expert in a particular field and who knows us personally, can customize a plan for us and give us advice along the way. God's got that for us. Whether it's physical in our body, in our soul, or in our spirit, God's interested. He's got a plan. He's got the best directions, and he's the expert that we need to follow. I believe when we tune in to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us, we can hear all kinds of things around what what we should be eating, what we shouldn't be eating, relating to people, how we treat other people. I believe that God wants to really speak into this area in our lives. When you go on a journey, there's nothing like having somebody who knows the directions. Dan is a map man. He loves having a map. So whenever we go on holiday, he has a map. He knows where we're going and he knows what we're going to do. And I can kind of just relax, sit back and follow him. Even more so with God. He has got the best directions for your well-being in your body and your soul and your spirit. The great news is that he knows more about your physical wholeness than the best physical trainer. I'm all up for going to physical trainers. It's great to hear the story of Ben Murray, the guy I mentioned earlier. He lost seven stone. He's at a great gym. He's doing some great strength training stuff. He's completely changed his diet. But the physical trainer doesn't know as much about him as God does. Because God created him. God knows more about your emotional wholeness than the best psychologist or counsellor. I'm so into people going for counselling. Do it. If we need some therapeutic help, if we need to get ourselves to the doctors, if we need a bit of extra help with this stuff, go and do it. There's no shame in that. But God knows more about you than any of them, even the best qualified. He knows more about your um, spiritual wholeness than the best guru, religious leader or philosopher. There's no good trying thinking, oh, I'll just listen to Joe or Owen or Lorraine or Stacey, Dan for 25 minutes on a Sunday. That will see me right. No, God knows so much more about your spiritual wholeness than I will ever know or that I would ever try to know. He knows more about your relational wholeness than the best relational coach or marriage counselor. Again, if you're having problems, go to a counselor. But God knows more. You were made by God, this is the Rick Warren quote, you were made by God and for God. Until you understand that, life will never make sense. God doesn't only know everything about our wholeness and our well-being because he's the... grab crea- that, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, I don't know what I wrote there. But let's just, let's just deduce that God knows us. He knows us intimately. He knows every hair on our head, eyebrows, he knows every hair. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of eyebrows. Um, yeah. So he knows everything about us. He is wild about us. But he loves us. I love this Joyce Meyer quote. Yes, of course he loves us the way we are. I don't want to, but I wouldn't be doing you any service if I just put my arm around you and went. God loves you just the way you are. There's got to be a kick up the bum that says, yeah, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. You know, the arm around the shoulder, yeah, that's great, but let's not stay there where it's all and comfy and cozy and nice and he loves me just the way I am. Well, yes, he does, but sometimes he gives us a holy kick up the bum and set covered in grace and truth and says, but don't stay here. Dan said it last week. You have stayed around this mountain too long. There might be things in your own wholeness, in your relational wholeness. Maybe we've got relationships. that are not good. Maybe we've got emotions. We know that we're run by our emotions. Negative things going on in our thought processes, our emotions. Let me just give you a me too from here. Yes, that's the human experience, I think. I think it is the human experience. In begin Until we begin to let those things become smaller and God's word and God's truth become bigger. Don't feel excluded if you're struggling with this stuff. Um, sorry, let me see where I am. I just want to skip around a little bit because I really do want to leave a little bit of time for, um, for prayer. Okay, so we talked about Shalom, but then we read in Judges, the Lord is peace. Literally meaning the Lord is wholeness. The Lord is well-being. He is the true source of well-being and wholeness. And I love this. Just a bit of time in his presence, you will come away whole. God is utterly whole. Three in one, complete wholeness, complete shalom. What do we do if we want wholeness? We spend time in his presence. We look at this more in this, we do this great interview with this woman called Barbara. Um, she is at our live location in Wyndham and she talks about her passion for prayer and how just in going to God in prayer, she has increased her wholeness because she says, I cannot come out of his presence being Less whole. I come out of His presence being more whole, and I love that. Just getting into the presence of God. And so, point one is to find the best directions. Point two is to seek expertise, and point three is lastly. And I'd love to just go into a time of prayer now. I don't know. It's Sam gone. Where's Sam gone? If we got um, great. Hi Sam. Yeah, it'd be great just to facilitate this just with a bit of worship. Um, So Point three is to travel with others. Isn't it great that when you're in the body of Christ, you're not on your own? That you can have people that can say, yeah, me too. I used to struggle with that, but I don't anymore. There are people who are further along on the journey than us, and it's so encouraging when people say, I was here, but now I'm here. God's taken me on a journey of wholeness, and we're not in this alone. We travel with others on our journey. Ben Murray, again, the guy who's doing strength training, talks about this. He thought that he could lose this weight on his own. He couldn't do it. He had to hold up his hands and say, I can't do this on my own. I have to find someone that can help me and come alongside me to help me go further in this journey. So whatever it is, body, soul, spirit, thoughts, emotions, physical, spiritual, relational, whatever it is, we can't do it alone. And it's, we read this in Ecclesiastics, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And this is one of the reasons I love church. If either of them falls down One can help the other up. Isn't that just church? If someone falls down, God help us ever get to the point. If someone falls down, we point a finger. I told you so. little jab while they're down. A little gossip about them while they're down. We don't do that here. That's foreign to our culture here. That's foreign to our kingdom way of doing things. We don't do that. If somebody's down, we get down with them and we give them a me too and we get them a hand up. We never want to get into the kicking somebody while they're down but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up also if two lie down together they will keep warm but how can one keep warm alone though one may be overpowered two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken we are wired for community for relationships this journey towards wholeness this journey towards wholeness isn't just something that we're going to be doing on our own. Sometimes it is a bit vulnerable and it is a bit awkward to have to say to someone, I'm struggling with this. I can't help but eat. I'm struggling with this. I can't help but eat that. I can't help but watch that. I can't help but get messy around this particular. um, What's going on? Okay. All right. What I'm saying is we can't do it on our own. We can't do this stuff on our own. God has placed us in community. The body of Christ is paramount to his purposes being done in our life and in the community around us. We can't do it on our own. And I um, would love to just take the opportunity again. i tell you what, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop talking. I think we should go into a time of worship. I think we should um, feel free to stand or sit or do whatever. I'm going to hand over to the worship team for the last five minutes. And you do a bit of business with God. I trust God's big enough. Big enough, that's an understatement, isn't it? To have just been talking to you about where you're at during this stuff. What in your body and your soul and your spirit does he want to minister to? And I just believe that God will meet with you this morning. He's meeting with us already and that he'll continue to do that as we worship. And then we're going to pray. We're just going to be down here. We're going to pray for those specific issues of health anxiety or Google, over Googling symptoms and things like that. But for those of us who need more wholeness and shalom, and I believe that's all of us, but for those of us who where God's got a marker and highlighted a few things in our life. We're going to worship and we're going to pray.